Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be looking in-depth at soul groups and how to reconnect with them in the Akashics. Souls come into being in the Akashics. This is a place outside of physical life, in the immensity of all that is beyond embodied life, where souls coalesce from potential into actuality. As souls, we have no mother or father. We appear from the potential as unique individuals, beautiful expressions of what free will can make from the infinite what-if. In what can be described as a brief instant, we are truly free associated with nothing and no one, completely ourselves and yet connected with everything. Such profundity is something which even in a seemingly boundaryless state of pure energy, we can't experience for long without losing ourselves and returning to the not yet of potential. There are those who have traveled in the Akashics and seen aspects of this process for themselves. Some see the fields of potential where souls are in the process of coalescing. Some, though living symbols of the process as a tree producing souls from within, like acorns stored in their roots. Some see the souls as fruit being produced. Others have seen the bright light source of pure energy as souls come fully into being. All of these are aspects of the process and those fortunate to see them often receive personal healing from reconnecting with the source of self and with their origins. Once a group of souls or soul group is formed, it's permanent. The souls will belong to no other group, although they may work with multitudes of others for many different reasons. Their soul group, which consists of souls all approximately the same age and all at the exact same level of soul growth and maturity, will work together exclusively at the beginning, learning the rudiments of existence and how to coexist in a place where all communication is through thought, emotion, and form. It's rarely necessary in the early stages to teach any formal lessons, as all learning is through direct interactions with each other and the teacher. A soul group is always formed of new souls, so most closely resembles a family of siblings who are all the same age and yet have no sibling rivalry. Groups range in number from 15 to 40 members, not including their teacher, and quickly develop a familiarity with each other which creates an unbreakable and incomparable bond. This is one reason why soul group members know each other more intimately than they will know anyone else. The very roots of their understanding of themselves and everything else is based on interactions with each other. Group members learn how to communicate without overpowering, controlling, or harming another, since all communication is not only fully sensorial, but immersive. They learn how to retain identity and self-possession when another member is requesting we do or be something as well as how to maintain neutrality when listening to another or to be respectful when something which is impacting you is not meant for you to perceive. Souls have no encasement, no privacy, and no means of lying or hiding, and so come to depths of understanding not only of themselves, but of each other, 
which no embodied relationship can rival. Part of a teacher's role is to guide the process on a virtuous cycle while allowing difficult lessons and discoveries to propel growth and development. Once the soul group has formed, lessons begin in the same way most babies are taught, through exploration of the world around them. New souls learn to navigate communication which is telepathic, empathic, and full immersion. They learn quickly that strong emotions of any kind can violate the boundaries of others in the group. Because thought is the deed when you have no physicality, being angry or hurt or overjoyed at or with someone telegraphs to the entire rest of the group and quickly becomes a burden. Hence, souls quickly learn to live in an amazing state of balance. They manage to be fully experiencing themselves and all that is, while at the same time doing so in a way which allows them to be mindful, completely beingful, of the effect this has on others. I liken this state to living like the ancient Japanese in rice paper houses. It's not that they didn't live full lives or weren't just as human as everyone else, but when there is absolutely no sound barrier between you and every other human in the house or even the neighborhood, you learn to do your living discreetly. For those times when you can't be discreet or sound carries no matter what you do, your family and neighbors know to act as if they didn't hear it in order to respect you and your privacy. As you can imagine, soul groups grow amazingly close very quickly. When your every thought and feeling is telegraphed to everyone, it's impossible to lie or even conceive of lying. This level of intimacy makes the bonds within a soul group like none other in the Akashics. As newly become souls are no more enlightened or wise than any other newborn, the group is at first a mass of roiling chaos like puppies or kittens at play. Their existence is fully taken up with learning how to be and how to coexist with their siblings. Once the basics have been mastered, the soul group will venture out to learn about interacting with other soul groups, with other types of souls, with the Akashic City, and much more. This process strengthens the bonds between soul group members through shared experience, while at the same time creating ever-richer familiarity and textured relationship. This can be loosely compared to the bonds which form during college or on road trips. For better or worse, we don't truly know someone until we've shared concentrated time with them in new and potentially stressful situations. Once a soul group has learned all their primary lessons, they may choose among a variety of methods for the next phase of becoming. One of those methods is physical embodiment, which provides both education and practical experience in whatever subject is being studied. Not all or even a majority of souls choose this method, in part because becoming physical is a difficult process. Also, while physical embodiment is considered an accelerated form of learning, which allows us to learn more deeply and completely in a condensed fashion, it takes an equal amount of effort, and there's no guarantee of success. Physical bodies are fragile things prone to all types of damage and failure. A life might be cut short by accident, the negative intent of others, or through our own actions preventing the soul from achieving its goal. Learning through embodiment takes quite a bit of practice, 
And so the first several hundred lives a soul will undertake are not educational in the sense they help the soul become more of their potential. But instead, they're practical lessons in how to form, exist in, and hold on to an embodied form. There are planets where souls take on very simple forms to learn how to exchange gases in order to gain nutrients. There are some which teach how to live symbiotically with other beings giving what the other needs while taking and receiving sustenance in return. Like learning math, each embodiment builds on the one before until all the necessary skills have become second nature. As a soul matures, they learn how to create a sense of privacy by being discreet with thoughts in order to prevent them telegraphing to others. Hence, we can work with Akashic beings and they can stand in apparent silence patiently waiting for us even while they're doing many things and thinking along several trains of thought. However, souls who have known each other, experienced each other, even been fully integrated with each other in the beginning, will always have a deeper connection than anyone else. This is why, even when we're embodied, we can recognize a member of our soul group. It's like going to a costume party where everyone's wearing a mask. No matter what they're wearing or how much they try to appear different, you can still pick out the people you know because you know them just that well. For soul groups who decide to embody, at the beginning of the process, the entire group will manifest together in order to work with each other. It's a bit like practicing a speech in front of your friends or family. When you're doing something difficult or for the first time, it's nice to have a friendly audience and a lot of support. Most soul groups will embody as family units at this stage. They tend to embody in waves, grandparents, parents, children, grandchildren, and so on. This way, each can experience being a child, parent, grandparent, as well as a sister or brother, lover, peacemaker, instigator, black sheep, screw-up, and so on. In a group endeavor of this kind, the individuals can feel safe to fully explore each new experience while at the same time receive clear feedback from people who undeniably know them best. This also allows souls to set up serial embodiments, so after a death, they can rotate back into a new embodied life to do more, focus more fully on a lesson they haven't yet fully completed, or repeat something they're not yet able to comprehend. A majority of past life memories stem from souls who are in this process. For some reason, usually a life cut short due to violence or accident, the soul wasn't able to complete a previous life and so came back relatively quickly and therefore remembers their previous experience rather too clearly. These group endeavors are pre-planned before anyone starts, so everyone knows the roles they're playing, the lessons being worked on, and the expectations for the entire group. Once everyone in the soul group has completed their lives, the group gathers in the Akashics and processes all the wisdom acquired, the lessons completed or not, the unexpected experiences, and so on. From this, they and their teacher will decide either to do further work in the Akashics for a bit or devise the next round of embodiments. While most spiritual teachings about soul groups focus on finding and recognizing those currently embodied, it's much easier and often more efficacious to connect with those who are not. Even for newer souls, it's rare for the entire soul group to be embodied all at the same time. 
There are often souls who are either waiting for their turn because they've agreed to be a child of someone who has only just embodied and they need to wait 10 to 15 years for that person to mature, or have returned from their embodiment and are waiting for everyone else to complete their lives and get back. These souls not only love us unconditionally, they know us better than anyone else, even our teacher, and understand the lessons we're going through, the plans we have for this life, and the difficulties we're going through just being here. They can provide us wisdom, a measure of guidance or assurance, and even healing to a certain extent, because they automatically reconnect us with our higher self and sense of our true nature. Connecting with our soul group in the Akashics is no more difficult than connecting with our soul book. Less, actually, because we don't need to read anything or devise specific questions. The main effort is in getting to where they are. Soul group members rarely come to us unless they're meeting us at the end of life. Instead, they can usually be found in or around the Akashic Library, continuing lessons with our teacher. For those who have taken my classes, I recommend following your normal route to the Akashic Library. There's no wrong way to get there, FYI. But then, instead of going to the reading room, move further towards the center of the building where the lecture halls are. These can seem like university lecture halls as we experience them today, plazas with Greek columns and fountains in the center, green fields with grassy hills and shade trees, or dry packed earth under spreading trees and bright sunlight. The experience is designed not only to provide an educational space, but to be educational. Often, you'll find your soul group in the middle of a lesson. You can sit in or allow them to pause things and come gather with you. The experience can be chaotic at first and cathartic and simply emotional. It can be enough to be surrounded by so much love and welcome. At other times, there's a great deal to catch up on and this will be given to you like a time-lapse pill. The information will unpack hours and even days later as you're able to process it. Regardless of the specifics, time spent with our soul group in the Akashics gives us the benefit of alleviating our feelings of loneliness, separateness, and experiences of being misunderstood. They know us, love us, and are available to us whenever we want or need. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Terry Uctana. Thanks. Bye.